Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. What are five IRA mistakes that you must avoid? We're going to be talking about it on today's show. Welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens, President, Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors with an office in Overland Park. And you can find us online from anywhere at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, great to be with you once again on the show today and looking forward to our conversation today. It's about one of your favorite topics. Uh, the IRA is back on our agenda in today's show, and we're talking about mistakes to avoid. And you teased us last time around. That, I mean, th- these are pretty popular questions. They're pretty popular mistakes. This is something that everybody potentially um, could fall victim to, not to sound dramatic about it, but uh, they're, they're out there, and these things happen commonly, right? They do, and it, it's. I love buckling last week's discussion of, of home equity with this week's discussion of IRA because with the people that I meet with, my my client base, they typically have two large assets in their retirement estate, you know, their retirement buckets, their home equity and their IRAs and 401k rollovers. And there are so many rules. The government has made this thing really complicated as far as getting money, when to take money out of which account, when you can do rollovers, how many you can do, is it wise, how do I get money out of my IRA more cheaply from a tax standpoint. So there's a lot to know. There are plenty of holes to step in. And what I'm hopeful of is today, these are five mistakes that I talk to clients a lot about. They're very common topics for retirees. So we just want to talk through these to try to help listeners. If if they've got these types of questions, we can maybe set them up uh, for some successful IRA decisions as opposed to making some of these pretty common mistakes. We love it. Uh, Yeah, let's avoid the mistakes. We know you're great at solving them, David, when mistakes and issues pop up, but even better when you help clients avoid them to begin with. And so that sounds like it's the spirit of today's show. We're talking preventative maintenance on some of these IRA mistakes, which is wonderful. So uh, what's, what's first on the docket? Well, the first one is about Roth IRAs, and, and you know we talk about those. I think they have a significant benefit, but I oftentimes get the question from people, well, I do a Roth conversion, but I know I can't take the money out again for five years. So I just want to discuss this five-year rule real quickly uh, because it comes up almost every time we talk about a new Roth IRA. So again, the question I get is, well, I I do one, but I can't take the money out for five years, right? And that is actually not correct. So let me break it down in two different buckets. One would be Roth contributions that you have been making while you're working. And another about Roth conversions. So you open up a Roth IRA and you put money in and you decide two or three years later, oh, I need that money. I need some of it. And you say, Uh, you decide to take some out. There is no penalty and there is no tax for taking money out that you've put in any time in that five-year period. But where the penalty does happen is that if you take out the earnings on that, what you've put in over the first five years, there's no tax on that, but there is a 10% penalty. So the only thing the penalty applies to on contributions to a Roth is the earnings on what you put in. You can always take out the money you put in 
anytime you want. And that's regardless of age. You don't have to be over 59 and a half. The second piece is on Roth conversions. The rules are the same as what I just went through, except if you do a Roth conversion in your 50s, and then you say, wait a minute, at 57, I need to take some money out of that Roth. Well, there's still no tax, but there is going to be that 10% pesky 10% penalty, primarily because you're under 59 and a half and you take money out of a, out of a Roth or an IRA. Uh, if you're younger than 59 and a half, you do have that 10% penalty. So slightly different on conversions than on contributions. But don't be afraid of funding a Roth IRA because you feel like the money's locked up for five years. In the vast majority of cases, it's not. Only the earnings are locked up and they're only subject to a 10% penalty tax. I can see certainly how, um, just going back to that very first point, I can see how that one would be really uh, easily misunderstood, the, the taking out money of, of a Roth IRA, contribution versus earnings and that whole thing. So, yeah, easy to see where people get off track on that one. Yeah, it's, you know, that's another part of this whole thing that is unnecessarily complex, yeah. uh, which we're, we're going to work through a little bit later in the summer because Congress is working on a bill that's going to make this all this stuff even more complex. But oh, good. for the time being, that's the story on the five-year rule. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, what's the next IRA mistake to avoid? Well, I see a lot of people that that have a big 401k, which is awesome. Uh, but usually 401ks have fairly limited asset classes that you can invest in. And I have a number of clients that when they're getting closer to retirement, they want to own some type of in my world, it's usually some sort of fixed indexed annuity product that will pay them a systemized income during retirement. And your 401k is not going to have that. So I think one of the big mistakes is not diversifying your 401k before you retire such that it will set you up for the retirement that you're trying to plan. So a lot of these, uh, so for instance, that could be an annuity, that could be a structured note, that could be a a buffered ETF where, you know, in, with most, with a lot of buffered ETFs, they'd be tied to the S&P 500 and you, they're structured such that you don't take any of the first 10% downside in the market. And maybe you get 80% of the upside in the market. So you're getting downside protection. And as you're getting closer to retirement, that can be super important for a lot of people. Well, how do you diversify? If your 401k doesn't offer those types of things, annuity, structured notes, buffered ETFs, what do you do? Well, what you're, almost every plan that I've ever seen, a 401k plan, allows for an in-service distribution after you turn 59, sometimes 59 and a half. And all that means is you can roll out a significant portion of your 401k into an IRA that either you self-direct or maybe it's with an advisor who helps you direct that IRA. But it's just called an in-service distribution. There aren't any taxes involved. You're rolling a piece of your 401k into an IRA where you would have access to a wider variety of investments that may be what you're trying to get to in retirement and you see benefits of doing it two, three, four, five years before retirement. So make sure you don't ignore in-service distributions. 
That makes a lot of sense as well. All right. So another one down. What's the next IRA mistake to avoid? I'm going to call this not being strategic about your required minimum distributions. So there are a couple of, of strategies that a lot of people can take advantage of, but they don't necessarily think about them because they can be kind of complicated too. So most everybody knows that after you turn 72, the IRS requires you, Congress requires you to take money out of your IRA so they can tax it because up till then it has been tax deferred. So there's requirement as to what percentage of that account balance you have to take out. But one thing that clients who are, who are charitable should know is that there's this qualified charitable distribution where after, even before your required distribution started at age 72, once you're 70 and a half, you can have money taken out of your IRA, gifted directly to your church, to your university, to any other 501c3 charitable organization, up to a hundred grand per spouse. And that, if it goes directly to that organization, that's not a taxable transaction on your tax return. Whereas if you take the money out, put it in your checking account and write a check to your church or to your university, that is taxable to you. So super important, you can't do that with a 401k that you might still have from an old employer. You can only do that from an IRA that you've rolled a 401k into. And then another thing about uh, being strategic about required distributions is there are sometimes good reasons. The, the, the conventional wisdom is I should leave my money in my IRA until they make me take it out. Unless of course I, I need to take it out to live on. But there are reasons to take money out of your 401k because it's taxable when you do that, but to take it out before you're required to, even if you don't necessarily need it. So let's just say, for instance, uh, there's a couple that has a couple of uh, two different social securities and one of them has a pension and their taxable income after um, deductions is 63 grand. That leaves them in the 12% tax bracket. But the 12% tax bracket goes up to 83 grand. So they have an extra 20,000 worth of income that they could be paying at the 12% bracket that they're not using. Why is that important? Well, in this person's case, in this couple's case, they have IRAs worth a million and a half. Once their required distributions start based on today's numbers, they would have to take out another $55,000 out of those IRAs that according to them, in this example, they won't need that money to live on. Those are forced withdrawals because the IRS wants to tax it. So what they could do is take out 20 grand, this, you know, now before required distribution start, pay the 12% tax because once they get to 72 where they have to take money out between their two social securities, their pension and their required distributions, they're going to be in the 25% bracket, 22% now, but we all know that in 2026, the Trump tax cuts expire and the 22% bracket becomes 25%. So they could be taking that money out at 12% when in fact, when they get to required distribution time, they're going to be taking out of the 25% tax bracket. Save a little bit of tax money. That doesn't mean you have to spend that money that you took out of your IRA. You can invest it tax advantage tax strategically, but it's a way to save yourself in that case, 13% taxes 
by not waiting until the last minute to do that um, distribution. You could use that money for a Roth conversion if you wanted to as well. So there are a lot of different things you could do. You can explore on up into the 22% bracket because you know that your tax bracket is going to be 25 by the time you get to required distribution age. Well, that opens up a lot more than $20,000 that they could use for things like Roth conversions. So lots of opportunities there if you're on the, the alert for them, especially if at age 72, you've got a million or two or three in your IRA. The required distributions are monies you are not going to need, but the IRS needs to tax you. So there's an opportunity there. Helpful to get that perspective, David. And uh, boy, this is chock full of good, well, I guess these are bad mistakes, but good to be aware of them so that we can avoid them. Uh, yeah, that one's more of an opportunity. It's, opportunity. It, okay, I like that. It's only it's it's a mistake in that it's an opportunity lost. And every year that you go beyond that, that well, you can't get that opportunity back. So it ends up being a mistake. And the better you've done for yourself, the fewer tax mistakes you'd like to make. So that's a real opportunity and a and a mistake you don't need to make. Okay, very good. How about another mistake we can avoid? So there, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the 60-day rollover rule. And that has been changing over time as well. But it's super important to not violate that rule. So here's what it means. If you have um, an IRA and you want to uh, move it into a different IRA for for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter what the reason is. I'm going to give a specific example here in a minute. You can only do that one time per year, or it becomes a taxable transaction. So the important thing there is you can only do it one year, one time a year, not one time a year per account. Let's say you have five different IRAs. You can't do that one time a year out of each of the five. It's your person. So you personally can only do it one time out of all of your IRAs. And it's one time every 365 days, not one time every calendar year. So I thought it'd be helpful if we just broke that down to a specific example. Um, kind of easier to keep track of the moving pieces if I do that. So let's say that there's a fellow named Tom and he's 55. And he took a distribution out of his IRA last December for 100 grand. And then in January, he took another one for 50 grand. Doesn't really matter why he did it. Maybe he wanted to open a self-directed IRA that uh, to buy a rental property, which you can do. Or maybe he wanted one to buy crypto, which you can do. Doesn't matter why he did it, but he took out and deposited into his checking account 100 grand last December and 50 grand this January with the intention of rolling those monies over within 60 days so it's not taxable. So first question is, can he roll over both the 100 grand and the 50 grand since one was in December and one was in January? The answer is no, he can't because it's, it has to do with 365 days, not calendar year. So one of those two cannot be successively rolled over. It's going to be a taxable transaction. So second question, since he took the 100 grand out first, is that the only one that can be rolled over? Well, the answer is no. He could do the 50 or the 100. The IRS doesn't matter, doesn't care. If he elects to roll the 100 grand over, is he totally stuck with paying taxes? And since he's not 59 and a half, he'd also have to pay a 10% penalty on the 50 grand that he's no longer allowed to roll over. 
Well, the answer is not necessarily. If he rolls the hundred grand over and he doesn't have any other exceptions that might apply, then the 50 grand would be taxable and the 10% penalty unless he decided to do a Roth conversion with that money. If he does that, he still pays the taxes, but he wouldn't have the 10% penalty. So there are a lot of ways to get goofed up with this 60-day rollover. The thing I see most often is that somebody does one and then six, eight months later, new calendar year, they think they can do another one and they can't. There's no remedy for this. You can't petition the IRS to say, oh, I'm, I goofed that up. It's just, it becomes taxable and that can be super painful depending on the dollar amount of what you just rolled over. I knew taxes would uh, would really rear its head here in the equation before the conversation uh, got wrapped up, David. So <laughs> glad that we were able to get that in there. Um, I, I lost track because I think we had like a bonus. Uh, we had like a 1A and a 1B in there. Or I don't know if those were one in There one might have been a 1A, 1B, and 1C in there. Yeah, right, right. So. But, but that can be a complicated one. And it, the important thing is there's no remedy. If you goof it up, okay, then you can't, there's no do over there. So anytime that, that's not what we can money, fix. That's that's it, got to avoid it. that one. Yeah. So most times, what you want to make sure you do is, as you're moving your money around, do a custodian to custodian transaction. Don't have the IRA company send you the money, put it in your checking account, and then you know try to get it back within sixty days. Normally, you do that because you're trying to fund some obligation you have during that sixty days. It just becomes fairly dangerous to try that. Doesn't mean you can't do it, but it's pretty tricky to get it done. And you can only do it once every 365 days. Okay. Very good. With all the 1A, B, and C, was that number five or are we did we just hit number four there? I've got one more. One more. Okay. I, I sensed there was one more to come. So. <laughs> but this one's pretty simple. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of people these days that are inheriting IRAs because a lot of boomers are not going to blow through all their money. So they're going to have uh, IRAs and the like that are going to be inherited by their heirs. We just covered a bunch of kind of wonky rules about a 60-day rollover. But what you clearly need to understand is there is no such thing as a 60-day rollover with an inherited IRA or an inherited Roth. So if you inherit an IRA, it must, if you want to maintain the tax status of that, the tax deferral, it must be rolled from one custodian to another. If you ever take possession of that money thinking you can do a 60-day rollover, that account becomes fully taxable at that moment and you can't repair the damage. Good to know that. And that's uh, that's where we've heard a lot of uh, mistakes get made in that realm of inheriting. And that's where also the rules are changing a lot, right? With the stretch IRAs and some of those things that we've talked about on previous uh, previous shows as well. They are changing. And that's, uh, I mentioned earlier, there's a, a law that has passed, passed the House. Senate is considering it. They're very likely to approve it. They just haven't yet. So sometime this summer, we'll have a, another podcast on that. And it absolutely is going to change different things that you as an inheritor of an IRA can and can't do with that money and, and how fast you have to clean those accounts out. So a lot of changes coming. You don't want to miss any opportunity to make things more complex if you happen to be in Congress. And so that's what's coming down the pipe a little bit later this year. And that should be a, an interesting podcast as well.
certainly will be. We'll have our eyes out for that and uh, those changes over the course of the summer and uh, see what happens to that in the long term as well. But as always, if you have any questions about some of these IRA mistakes that we've discussed, want to get more details on how you can avoid these things, well, pick up the phone, give David and the team at KC Financial Advisors a call. 913-317-1414 is the number. 913-317-1414 or online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. That's CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And the links to those places are in the description of today's show, so it's easy to find that contact info. David, thanks for filling us in on these mistakes. We will definitely be on the lookout to avoid them. And uh, I know that'll put us in a good financial position going forward. So thank you so much. Well, I hope so. We'll look forward to uh, next week and cover another topic that um, I'm, I'm working on right now, but I don't have a disclosure for you. Mm, okay. Uh, right. <laughs> I like it. This is a mysterious but topic. A little mysterious for you there, but I, love but I think it's going to be uh, really focused for our clients that are just on the cusp of retiring. Oh, and so folks who are going through a very exciting time. That'll be great. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that'll uh, sounds like it'll be a good one and everybody have a fantastic week. Don't forget new episodes publish every Thursday. Come back and join us for the next one here on Cover Your Assets KC. For David, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you again soon. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.